0: The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. Hey guys, this is uh, Daniel. I'm the student pastor here at Fellowship Baptist Church, and I'm here with Julian Martinez, our newly named interim pastor. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if that's a great title to have. or <laughs> well, <laughs> Lots of new added responsibilities.
1: I don't know if I love it or hate it yet.
0: So. There you go. All right, so we decided that uh, we thought it would be really cool if we would um, spend some time each week after the sermon. To kind of digest some of the things that was preached and uh, hopefully you guys can kind of get some more practical um, aspects of uh, of the message that was preached on, on Sunday and so uh, what a great way a great topic to start with and uh, the fact that that scripture is our foundation as a church uh, that we are fellowship and we're family and, and what our basis of that is uh, is the is scripture and so uh, a couple of questions as you were preaching Julian that, that came to my mind I thought it would be cool if we just kind of discuss those today so
1: yeah let's, let's go for it
0: alright so uh, number one uh, you talked about the fact that scripture is truth and that we can trust in the fact that scripture is truth and so you've, you've done apologetics and, and worked in ministry for a long time worked with young families how do you get people from the point of questioning the reliability of scripture to trusting fully in the reliability of stri- of scripture
1: yeah I think one of the things that really helps me is to understand the Bible not only as um, not only as a spiritual guide which a- absolutely it is and that's ultimately what it is but it starts off as a historical proof uh, or a historical text that's that's actually what the bible is it's it's just history written down right. and so for me it goes from understanding that the Bible's history so I can I can look back and uh, I can see that there are more than 25,000 partial and complete manuscript manuscript copies of the New Testament or I can look back and they have found the Dead Sea Scrolls which date back to be a hundred years uh, BCE or basically BC before Christ a hundred years before Christ and they say the same exact thing my Bible says and so when I look back on it as a historical document then I know that there's all these evidences to show that somebody wrote this down and it could have been contested back then but it wasn't so for instance uh, if if I was alive at the time that matthew mark and luke were and john were writing the gospels and and i was in galilee at that time and i noticed that what they said wasn't true then i could have called them out on it and the fact that we don't have any of that we have uh several several written manuscripts that nobody seemed to have questioned at one point the apostle paul is talking that there was 500 people who saw jesus after the resurrection and then he goes as far as to say and they're still alive now if you want to go question them mm-hmm. so it's a historical document and when I understand that first that I'm not being lied to that if you ask any historian who's worth anything they'll tell you that Jesus was a real person that he died by the hands of the Romans and they don't even have to be Christian to tell you that because it's it's his it's history and so to know that scripture's history first I can use that as a reliable source on what the Bible is actually saying and then you know for me to turn it back into a spiritual aspect like I said in the sermon if I have decided to place my trust in Jesus a hundred percent then I have to a hundred percent trust in what he said and so the, since the New Testament is pretty much based off of everything that Jesus said f- for me that's how I connect the dots That it's an actual historical document and I'm trusting with my heart that Jesus said these things and that they're accurate.
0: Yeah, and I, I know, too, for for people, we have to make it personal, too, right? It, everyone has to make that personal decision that that we trust in the reliability of Scripture, that, that, we, that we believe that Scripture is authoritative in our lives and it's truth, it's complete truth, like you said, Sunday. And that, that eventually has to become a personal decision that each one of us make. Uh, that that we're willing to commit ourselves to that.
1: Yeah, just because the head's there doesn't mean that the heart's going to be there. So you have people who will read the Bible over and over and over and never convert, but it's because they are either holding back their heart or the Holy Spirit hasn't moved upon their heart yet. And so that's very important. I think that's a good point that you make is that you can have all the head knowledge and know all the historicity of it all, but unless you place your faith in Jesus, and that's essentially what we do, uh, then then it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter what the Bible says. It's not going to matter what anybody says, uh, because we have to we have to make that a faith move. It ultimately, all the questions can go out the window because we know that we're having faith in Jesus Christ.
0: Right. So my next question that I thought about was, you know, we talked about the fact that Scripture is the foundation for us as fellowship. And I think a lot of times we view that as a corporate thing, right? And that's true. As, as a corporate body, we have placed Scripture as the foundation of our church. And we we that's what we preach. That's what we teach. Everything that we are as a church body is rooted in Scripture. Um, but how does someone go from believing that and applying that corporately, but also to the point to where they make it foundational for them as an individual in their homes and their in their families? What does that look like?
1: So for me, um, the way I look at it is, like we said, uh, Sunday, fellowship is family. We are fellowship, meaning uh, it all starts in the corporate for me. So when you have someone who's newly saved, they just came to Christ, they're not going to know how to study their Bibles. They're not even going to know what the Bible says. And so just as the Apostle Paul had, had, had described, we feed them like young babes, meaning they drink milk. We're the ones who prepare the meal? We're the ones who feed them the meal, and 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 it start that starts uh, corporately, right? You come to church, you come to Bible study, you understand the scripture in that way, and there's a process to it. You're not going to go straight into being the most um, the the most dedicated Bible reader or anything like that because you're needing to be given milk slowly but surely. You you can't process those whole foods yet, just like a baby wouldn't and so it's very important that it starts corporately uh in in feeding these young christians the word of god and then just like a baby would they would grow into where they eat solid foods and you know when you're when you have four kids so you know all about chicken nuggets right, right. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you've probably seen every chicken nugget of every shape yeah. and size and so you know uh take for instance jackson might not be able to make his own chicken nuggets yet but Becca makes them and then she sits them on the table and she doesn't have to spoon feed them or fork feed them those chicken nuggets right. He can eat them for himself And so there's a process that goes along that once we're able to train young Christians to where we could even prepare the meal for them And set this before them and say hey read this read that and they can take it home and ingest that themselves right. And uh, and it goes then it starts transitioning from corporate to individual and and we have to understand too that it's so important that we have the Word of God on our heart and, uh, and that we spend time in it. I like what Deuteronomy 11:18 uh, says, and, and uh, God was giving Moses the law, and he was telling them that they needed to know the law. They needed to know who God was, and, 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 and he said this. He said, uh, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads he literally meant have them on you all the time and this was like a literal thing they would tie them onto their foreheads and they would put them uh, on the tassels on their coats and you know and so they 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 were constantly having the law of God physically on them Mm -hmm. and I think that's important for us that we understand who God is and what he wants for us and that we do that on a on a daily basis and and we start corporately and then from corporate we transition into individual, but then so we can come right back to corporately and teach someone else
0: uh, the Word of God. yeah, I think it's cool I uh, you know growing up in our in our home we we uh, it was never a question of what was the authority in our home uh, obviously dad was the authority but but even his authority it was clear that he yielded himself to the Bible and scripture mm. and so. Our reasoning for doing things was always not well dad said this or mom said this but here's what the Bible says and this is how we live our lives because because this is what you know scripture says is how we should live our lives and so even practically for the individual we know that scripture can change people's marriages It can change how we raise our kids it can change how we manage our finances it can change how we act in the workplace it can change our perspective on life and so maybe speak to some of that How how what does that look like
1: yeah, so the the nourishment we receive from the Bible daily in our lives is vital, right? And yeah. you know, if you've been in church at all and you're listening to this, you've heard that old cliche, you know, you're not going to be very healthy if you eat once uh, once a week, right? Right. Right. And so that that's what comes to my mind is that if you're using Sunday as the only time ever. That you crack that Bible open and you hear the scriptures, even if that is, uh, even if you're so malnourished that that one time, that one or two hours on Sunday, it is so refreshing to you. Yeah. But then you you leave that void there for the rest of the week until Sunday. It, it's gonna be bad for you, and so you're gonna be malnourished as a Christian. And what I have witnessed in the past in individuals' lives is, uh, you start to then find fulfillment and other things. Yeah. So, so God wants you to have a craving for his word. He wants you to, to know him better. And, and he even says, if you seek me, you will find me, right? Draw closer right. to me and I will draw nearer to you. And so, uh, the, the issue with that is he uses the word to do that because that's the only way we are going to know God right. is through his word. And so, uh, what happens is we become malnourished and then we start f- finding fulfillment in other things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we're so refreshed when we read from the scriptures on Sundays and hear the word of God. And then when we don't do it for the next six days, we start filling our lives with other things, Mm -hmm. whether that be relationships outside of God's desire for you, or whether that be Netflix or whatever, you know, you start to fulfill that hole that's inside of you that need to learn with something else. And so slowly, but surely you're. It's almost like, like you're eating all the, a lot of junk food, and it's not very healthy for you, <laughs> right?
0: You talked about Jackson a second ago. Jackson is our kid who would eat nothing but like honey buns and candy all yeah. day long. I'm we have him. to force him to eat the chicken nuggets and the and the, or even even though that's not healthy, but like healthy food, right? We had to, yeah. as a parent, we had to force him because we know you can't live off of the right. junk food.
1: So you can for a little while. Right? And yeah. and then it's gonna go bad for you real fast. Right. You're gonna have heart issues and you're gonna die. Going to be malnourished, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be malnourished. And so that's that's a perfect point. That's exactly the way it works with the Bible, is that you have struggles in your marriage and you have struggles with your children and you have struggles with relationships at work and finding your purpose and direction in life. And then when you start finding fulfillment in other things other than God's words God's word for an answer to those problems, it's going to look bad real fast. Right. It's going to be unhealthy because the reality of it is Satan wants you to find fulfillment in anything other than God's word. Right. And it's going to seem like a good fit and it's going to seem like a fix that is giving you what you need. And at the end, it leads to destruction, just like the Bible says. Right.
0: And how often do people go to these other things for answers in life, like going to social media and they see there someone you know a friend of theirs who is gone through this or whatever and so they they go to that for the answer or yeah. they or they go to hollywood and see you know how these people are living and think that that's that's the answer to this to life but again we go back to the point that our foundation is believers our foundation as a church is god's word and so all those other things that don't have the answer to life, Christ said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Like you said Sunday, mm-hmm. Christ has has the answer to life, and and we find that in His Word and in a relationship with Him.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say it, it's it's interesting that you say that about celebrities and stuff because I was watching this video the other day about Tina Turner, and how she turned to Buddhism and chanting in her time of distress and everything. And so now that she's like a a devout Buddhist, and uh, that's obviously not the direction God wants you to go. And so she has taken what God placed in her created in her a desire to know him better and she's she's filled that void with Buddhism yeah and ultimately uh, because of what we know about Buddhism that it's uh, it, it leads nowhere you know in the grand scheme of things at, at the end of life that's not the direction God wants you to go right and so uh, and so yeah you can easily say well if this worked for Tina Turner you know maybe it could work for me and right. God's Word is telling you no, this is what works because it's, it's, it's uh, tried and tested and true and, and, and that's how God wants you to see His word that it's right. the answer to, to life's problems and everything else instead of outside of that bubble
0: right. Uh, so for those listening who may believe in the reliability of Scripture, they may even agree that it needs to be the, that scripture needs to be the foundation of their life practically how does someone do that as far as like studying scripture because it's not really the foundation of your life if you don't spend time in it on a daily Mm -hmm. basis right you can say that it's the foundation of your life but if you're not reading it and you don't know it then let's be honest it's not the foundation of your life so for those out there that that want to take that next step and make it the foundation of their life and really start investing themselves in it on a daily basis practically what does that look like for, for maybe someone that hadn't really done this yet
1: so i have there's this running joke and growth group even I guess when I preach that I, I don't diet <laughs> and I'm overweight and so uh, I'm never going to get to losing weight unless I actually start somewhere right right whether I go to the gym or whether I at least stop eating donuts and honey buns mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's never going to happen yeah and so what I would say is Uh, i've seen this too and this is a little off track but i've seen this where people are like man i need to get into the word and i need and then they try to take they try to bite way big chunks of scripture you know i'm gonna read the book of leviticus tonight yeah yeah. you know yeah good luck with that (laughs) and all they end up doing is closing that thing and watching Netflix. falling asleep yeah Yeah. falling asleep that's a good my my first pastor one time i was telling him i had trouble sleeping because i have insomnia He's like, read the Bible. <laughs> I was like, what? And he said, yeah, read Leviticus or Deuteronomy. It'll oh, put you to sleep real quick. Funny. But um, no, no, no. But you have to start somewhere, right? right so, right. so start small. Start, you know, a chapter a day. Or I'm not one of these people who say just read one verse. You know, like to me, I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's your first step. But for me, it's a uh, read a chapter a day, and then. Yeah. Uh, have had this question too like well what do I read you know I don't know what to read uh, yeah. I meet with a cop I meet with someone every morning for coffee and we read a chapter of Proverbs and I learned this from another guy who every single day he reads one chapter of Proverbs yeah he'll usually start like the first of the month with Proverbs 1 and it takes him to 30 31 yeah and, by it the end of the, the and then month. it starts over the end. Yeah. so he's constantly every morning he reads one chapter of Proverbs we do it at coffee and it literally doesn't take 10 minutes to read the whole chapter And then kind of digest it. So I would say start there. Start reading one chapter a day or, you know, and and you want to get further than that. But uh, also, you know, you you have practical tools like YouVersion on your phone. They will give you Bible study plans and then they'll send you alerts to say, hey, don't forget to read your Bible study for a day. And so I think even being in this technology age, there's all kinds of reminders and things to help. Help us with to get there. Uh, I mean, you're very tech savvy. Do you use anything that, or yeah, have so used anything like that?
0: I, I use the Bible app, and I think it's kind of some of the things that are cool. I just started using it like this week. Uh, the reason I haven't used in the past is because I always worry that it's going to distract me, like pull me away from. Oh, sure. Yeah, if I get a notification on my iPad or phone, a text message, it's going to distract me away from what I'm doing, and so. I always want, it when I'm in the Word, for that to be unadulterated time that I'm focused on what I'm doing. Uh, but but Like a paper Bible. Yeah, like yeah. a paper Bible. Get away from, put, turn the iPad off, turn the phone off, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But there's so many cool tools that I decided recently I'm going to try it out and see how I do. And uh, it's worked really well this week. I, like I said, I started this week, and there's there's this reading plan, and it tracks me. And even for those of you who love, those young younger people who love Snapchat, it follows a streak. So it kind of like, it's like, hey, you did a, a week streak, or you did... You know, however many days you do with reading and and don't Mm -hmm. stop. And then there's the verse of the day that you can get texted to you or a notification every day. And so there's a lot of cool things that that can keep you focused on the word. Plus, if you're like, if you struggle with reading, it'll read the Bible to you, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, And so there's a a lot of like cool things that go along with that. There's other apps out there and stuff. Uh, But one of my favorite parts about the Bible app is like you talked about the accountability part. You can find someone else that you want to read with. And even though you're not together, they can read at home. You read at home. You can even put notes, and they can read oh, each other. Cool. Can read what you wrote. And then if they don't read that now you can text and say, "Hey, I noticed you didn't read your yeah. passage tonight. What's going on?" And so there's accountability factor. That I think It's they've made, they've made it very social. And so I think that's a cool I, cool part of it. I
1: like that a lot actually, because obviously when I meet with uh, this guy for coffee, we we're each other's accountability. So right. we read it in front of each other. Right. And uh, I like that idea a lot. And it's, I mean, just thinking about this now, like. Sometimes we can feel like on an island all alone, you know, you got everything vying for your time, right? Mm-hmm. Netflix and, you know, whatever. Mass Singer, if you watch that, or whatever. And so uh, having someone to read with or hold you accountable could be a huge tool. And like I said, you've got to start somewhere. Start baby yeah. steps if you have to, but but do it. Like right. pick it up, do it, and the more you do it, the 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 more discipline you're gonna get, the more healthier your life will get.
0: Right, and the more that you'll create crave it too. I know I've yes. noticed at points in my life when I haven't been in the Word like I should be, and and my cravings began to be for other things like Facebook or Netflix mm-hmm. or some of the things we've talked about, or just being lazy and not doing it. You know, uh, my I've noticed that whenever I do get back into the Word, that 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 craving starts again towards like. I want, I'm ready I want to I can't wait to get home and have my quiet time where I can open the word and God speaks to to me through that and yeah. it's like it's like I'm it's like whenever I went to uh, I went to Africa like in 2008 and the, I'm a very picky eater and <laughs> and so some of the food was really weird and uh, and so I, I literally survived on these uh, cheese nip packages that I brought <laughs> and I would I, I would ration them I would eat like <laughs> like six cheese nips for no, lunch no, and that no, was no. it yeah and so but then when I got home the first thing we did is we went to Roadhouse and I got a big old steak. There you go. And like eating that steak was like, oh, this is what I've been missing this whole like <laughs> It was like a two week mission trip. So it was yeah. like, oh my God, I was like, this is what I've been missing. And so like, when I finally get back in the word and and start making a discipline again, that's mm-hmm. how I feel like, here it is. This is what I've been missing. I knew I needed this and here it is. And so I think, like you said, just taking that step in the right direction is, right. is huge and, and making a commitment, you know, this is when and this is how I'm gonna do this And whatever, whether it's the Bible app or the or paper Bible or whatever your method is, like just committing to starting at some point, and then see how God uses that that faithfulness over even just a week. I mean, it can be drastic change in just a week.
1: I would say too, like you know, kind of wrapping this up. I would say that it if if you're only relying on Sunday morning to get kind of your Bible fix, it's never going to be enough. Uh I don't care if you're a Christian for twenty five years. Uh, if that's the only time, you're 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 never gonna learn enough, and you're never gonna have that ability to witness to somebody. Right. You're never gonna have that ability to say, "Hey, God spoke to me through His Word and changed my life." Right, right. Because it's it's not enough. You know, Bible study in our growth group, we discuss, and then we've got thirty minutes, and then we come to church and we do music, and then the preacher has thirty minutes. And even on last Sunday's sermon, I I could have. That could have been a four hour sermon, you know, right, right. there was so much to unpack yeah, there. Exactly. And so uh, I would say even like to put it in a, you know, related to today, when you binge watch something, I can't watch a show without binge watching it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to watch the week to week. I've got to have four or five seasons ready. because I'm going to watch that thing to the end. And that's the way the Bible will begin to become for you. Mm-hmm. you. You'll start a little bit at a time, but then that's going to spark craving, but curiosity too. Yeah. I have people who, who I mentor, and they say, like, well, I can't believe it said this or that. And, you know, why did it say this? And then I say, well, go read over here, and you'll figure that out. And yeah. so then they're back and forth. And now it's it's sparked this curiosity that we're like, why did they do that? And then they go yeah. find out on other parts of the Bible the answer for that. Yeah. So it, it was almost like binge watching. Like You, you, you can't put it down. And it's so exciting, and it's living, and I think yeah. that's a that's a, one of the most important once, things.
0: Once you start to know a little bit about God, you're gonna get get hungry to know as much about Him as you can. Oh yeah, yep. And so yeah, that curiosity sparks, and you're gonna start seeking Him more, and He's gonna start speaking to you more, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in to this. We're gonna the plan is to do this on a weekly basis, and so we can kind of unpack our sermons. And uh, if you uh, have any questions, feel free to. Uh, comment below or message us or you can email us here at the church uh, at info at fellowshiptx.org and we would love to answer any questions you have you guys have a great day God bless you